0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable. Off
1: my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
0: What's up, guys? Your host, Jake Barnes, coming at you on what will be, uh, what's Sunday night, what'll be Monday morning and, and throughout your new week for most of you. I'm going to be switching up how I approach my podcast, so a little bit more daily content. So you will see uh, if we do a video on here, a live video, like a draft prospect video or a mock, um, mock draft video, which we have done, I will have these up and loaded uh, on, the, on the podcast feed. But other nights, Sunday night through Thursday night for a weekly podcast here, I'm going to have guests on. Sometimes I might go solo. Sometimes uh, it might be for 15 minutes. Sometimes it might be for 45 minutes. Just kind of trying to do a daily thing, connect with everybody. And, you know, if you're uh, a pretty avid watch of the YouTube channel, I'm not really advertising it here. I'd, I'd love for you to tune in every night. I'll make note of it on Twitter and do some different things, but I won't be really pushing too hard for this in the evening hours. Uh, for you to take time, but if you want to sit in and watch a live podcast and go through it with me, I always appreciate that too. And anytime you would want to fire questions or anything like that, feel free to do so. Uh, there will I do not expect to be a great audience, but that's okay. Maybe it'll build up over time and, and we'll just have kind of some almost fireside Browns chats on this whole podcast setup that is essentially going to be a live YouTube feed as we do each one, because it's a great format for bringing guests in and getting a live look at them so as i figured uh my first kind of and you know i guess i guess we called adventure down this avenue would be to bring back my my original co-host john colosimo who brought this podcast idea to me out of the blue and i think 2018 i think i don't know it's been a long time now he he had a great idea and and um it worked it worked well and we work well together and i love to have john on as many times as i can talk to him i think he's a great person i think he's a very knowledgeable football mind and uh that's why i think it makes the listener better to have him on the show and he does his own podcast now with mike Krukka, you know hawaii brown suey who is with us several times um you know they do this nothing but the dogs podcast venture which is the one of the best ones in the market and i'm not blowing smoke up john's butt because he just popped up on the screen or anything but i'm serious they do a great job they have great guests Great content. I was just listening to his rant on Justin Fields from his pod the other day, which was phenomenal. John, how are you, man?
1: I'm doing great, Jake. Uh, I always love to get any excuse necessary to shoot the shit with you, buddy.
0: (laughs) I like it, man. Well, this is, like I said, it's informal. We've talked like five text messages back and forth about this. I'm not going to make it a big deal. We're just (laughs) going to have people on, and we're going to just kind of essentially chat about the Browns, and, and, and any it could be any NFL topic too that we could have a discussion on as well. So the, the, the big thing I kind of want to get into sort of as we start this thing is where the Browns roster is with needing to bring anybody else into the fold. Do you, uh, I guess the question here is like, do you think the Browns need to bring anybody in to, to go into the draft feeling feeling good? Or are you kind of like, I don't. I don't know. I guess it's if people have thought Clowney was going to sign for a couple of weeks now. It hasn't happened yet. There could be any number of hiccups to that process. But like, you know, I, I just kind of looking at. It, do you think they have to? I mean, key is here. You what, what you would like from what you think they have to do? What do you think they they have to do in this scenario? All
1: right. Uh, well, I would say there's nothing they have to do. You know, they got nine draft picks. They have uh, a lot of ability to uh, fill the few needs. Which is amazing to even say that uh, the few needs that they have on the uh, on the roster, but in the same respect, legitimately, uh, this is a Super Bowl contending team. That's not a joke, you know. Like that's that's the reality of where the Browns are. So uh, you know, in the sense of this is a Super Bowl contending team. Um, yeah, I think that um, they probably should at least be heavily exploring filling uh, either the outside cornerback position or uh, the defensive end. I don't think that that's what they brought Tag McKinley in for. I don't think that they brought him in and they're like, oh, yeah, we're set. So, um, you know, whether it's a Clowney, whether it's a, um, a Nelson, you know, like these are guys that they still have options on uh, bringing in. And I think that um, while they don't need to do it, um, I think that if you're talking about a team that is in pursuit of a championship, um, you should be exploring all those options. So, um, yeah, I hope that they still – go ahead and uh you know one of the things with with clowny is that uh, we don't know when he's going to be medically cleared right yeah, yeah that's that's a big
0: question because somebody here make the dogs asking that question why didn't they sign? they they have to have the ability to pass them on a physical so i think that you know they're talking to him there's a process in place i'm sure there's a, maybe a time frame where that can happen and and there could be more to it too john where Maybe he's using the Browns' offers leverage to knock on other doors too, which is totally sure. fine. If a guy's getting a one-year deal, you you would want him to go other places and see if anybody else values him at a higher number. So I'm not offended by that at all. Uh, but either. I do I, I do think your point is correct that there's there's probably some sort of medical hurdle that has to happen here where he's recovering from that knee surgery or whatever, and he can't he has to pass the physical to actually sign a contract, and there might be a hold on that. So keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you there.
1: Oh, no. I mean, that was pretty much it. You know, like, I think that we're down to uh, a few different guys that they can legitimately go ahead and grab that make that actually move the needle for this team in 2021 specifically. Um, you know, to me, that's Clowney, it's Nelson and uh, not a lot else in between. So, you know, whether or not they decide that they're uh, willing to go into the draft, you um, you know, addressing those things. uh, Maybe that's it. You know, maybe they're like, okay, we, we have nine picks. We can move around. Uh, We don't need to overextend ourselves Um, or the way that things go in this off season with this salary cap. uh, Maybe they're able to make a deal and bring one of those or both those guys in here. Um, I would love to grab both these guys and enter the draft with absolutely no worries. You know, you, you've signed both those guys, uh, you know, in those kind of deals where, you know, it's a couple million this year and, uh, you know, you're pushing most of that money into the future. Um, but if you did do those things, you know, whatever they can do, maybe it's one of those guys, maybe it's both of those guys, but uh, it's relieving pressure off of the draft class. In terms of what you're expecting in 2021. So um, I expect them to do at least one of those things. You know, I think that Mm -hmm. they will address one of those positions before they go into the draft. Maybe they won't. Um, You know, you could also enter the draft and expect to draft guys that you're going to start in 2021. But I think that's the position that they're in because I don't know that Tech McKinley is the guy that you're expecting to play. Uh, a full, um, you know, a full, you know, um, serving of the entire, um, you know, of the defense for this year, or if you're gonna, you're not going to play Troy Hill, I hope on the outside, I hope that's not their plan. Um, you know, yeah. so in, in regards to those, I think that's either we're going to draft guys that we're going to actually start this year. Those are the only positions that were in danger of starting rookies. And I say in danger because we, you know, this is a legitimate championship quality roster. We're going to actually go into this roster. And Jake, I know like, and you know that this, you know, that's not something I've ever been able to say, but they're going to go into this year chasing a legitimate championship. So, Yeah. Are we going to start rookies at those two spots? Because those are two pretty important spots to start rookies.
0: Yeah. No. I. There are certain questions that I have, like how all in are they? How how all in do they think they need to be? Uh, Do they think it can happen organically? Do they think they need to make Tampa Bay like push? Uh, I'm not. I'm not totally certain on that. Uh, I think there's been some indicators that they are really all in, and there's some that I'm like, okay, maybe they're not entirely like pushing the the chips into the middle here I think some of the things we can clear up before the draft still if they go out and they sign uh, a defensive end and they want to make sure to alleviate some pressure on any kind of rookie corner I also I mean there's questions that we don't know the answer to as well in terms of like how how they view some of these rookies because uh, even Tampa Bay you know you're looking at starting an, an important spot at safety with Antoine Winfield like you 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 definitely know Tristan Wirfs too they went into that draft needing Tristan Wirfs like There's there's certain positions that I guess teams can feel like, hey, we can go draft a guy and we can feel comfortable with it. Is a number two edge a guy that can bring along slowly? Is that something they feel completely comfortable drafting and 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 they know that Tack can be the third guy with the fourth guy being, you know, Porter Gustin and feel okay with that? I I could certainly get down with that. It's just a matter of if they think there's enough edges in this draft class that can garner that kind of attention and and what they want to do with pick twenty-six. Same with corner, like this is a really deep corner draft, but there's also some really good corners left on the market, like I know Richard Sherman's older, but he's on the market. We're flashing some guys across here like Casey Hayward, Brian Poole, Steven Nelson, who's running across the screen right now from Pittsburgh. Like there are clearly some guys on the market who can help. It's just a matter of how they feel their draft can change that help. Cause I've seen some people tweet out or talk about like, I only see seven open rosters. And to me, it's like, I see plenty of open roster spots. I think you're content with some players that I don't think need to be content with. So to me, it's not a very big deal to like, Cut, cut a cut a sheltered red wine. Like I'm not worried about that. I think you can go out and move some pieces around. And you know, if like if if Malcolm Smith doesn't make the roster, he doesn't make the roster. Like it, it, it you sign him back, but it's a very cheap deal. And you know, Mac Wilson will be on the bubble. There's going to be guys on the bubble that they're not used to. So it, it, another question I saw somebody ask in our comment section here was was wishing they knew what they were thinking about Greedy's health because that tells the big story, and that's probably nothing we will ever know publicly they would keep that behind closed doors. Hella was kept behind closed doors until Greedy wanted to make it public himself. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, the answer to that question is murky and it, it probably dictates so much in this upcoming draft is how healthy they think he is. The good part is like you said, John Troy Hill, he does have versatility inside and outside, which I think is a really important thing. He, he I think, I don't think a lot of people know this, but he only played outside corner until last year, like last year when Nikel Roby Coleman really left, uh he, he got the opportunity to play that inside role with the Rams because Mikhail Ruby Coleman's a good football player. He had a bunch of good uh good seasons in the slot for them in LA and and um I, they, they never played him in there. He was a rotational outside corner, gets a chance in the slot and and explodes and has a great year. So he is not far removed from being a comfortable player outside corner when they need them to be, but there's still more depth that needs to be had there. Can they draft two and feel comfortable with it? There's just a lot of shuffling parts that we need to see come to fruition. So um, while I, I, I like the shape of their roster right now, I, I would feel a little bit more comfortable if they signed one guy, at both of those positions, but as each day kind of passes here, it's getting to the point that I would be a little bit surprised if they do sign somebody before the draft. So um they, they probably the, the thing that I think people forget about this because it was such a weird off season last year. And it's still a weird offseason because because of the cap this year, there's a lot of movement that happens in like June, July, and even into the training camp sections or things where, where some veterans sign late. Um, You know, if some guys are still floating around. They come off of that high volume that they're looking for in terms of maybe years or money or whatever. And, and once you hit training camp, you get guys that are available, and they they'll take a little bit less because they missed some time or whatever, whatever the reason is. There's 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 reasons for those things, but they, those deals do happen post draft when you kind of take shape of like, okay, we went into the draft with this plan. We really don't feel comfortable now with corner coming out of the draft. We need to go sign an outside corner. And I think, my opinion, with the shape of What's going on with the salary cap, there will probably be more of those guys available than ever, John. So I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those people who panic if the Browns don't sign Clowney before the draft. And even if they come out of the draft, like we're looking at it and we go, Man, they didn't really do a ton at edge. Like they didn't really, they didn't really figure that out. Because there are enough guys, I think, still out there and they'll have enough cap flexibility that I think they can still make something work. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and what's wild is uh, you're 100% right. Uh, we might not see the action until after the draft. And actually, even after the draft, we might see guys that we didn't expect to be available, all of a sudden available because of the results of those drafts. So yeah. I think it's going to be a very fluid off season, and we have to be patient. And I don't think that we can be confident in what we're going into this season with uh until pretty close to opening day
0: i'm with it i'm with it well let's let's shift we we kind of are going to pick one browns topic every night if it's a crazy news day we'll talk about more obviously but we're going to talk to about an nfl broad topic which an, an nfl broad topic in my opinion is this quarterback class mm-hmm. so i'm kind of interested I'm, I'm not i listen it feels great to not care let me put it out there right now that It feels really good to not care about quarterbacks all too much, but it is an interesting quarterback class and probably as deep as we've seen since the Baker Darnold draft uh, in terms of what these guys are viewed as prospects. I'm not talking about going into the season. Uh, And if you guys fire off some questions, we'll always do a questions at the end of the uh, podcast here. Uh, Just so you know, if you have a question, I kind of take note of them and I'll I'll make sure we get it answered. Um, But yeah, I mean, the good thing is, John, I'll say this as we're talking about these quarterbacks is, it's it's twofold. It's awesome to not have to 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 invest so much time and attention into it, uh, but it's also nice because there could be five, six, seven, even seven quarterbacks taken before the Browns pick at twenty six. So that's a lot of guys that they're not interested in. So I'm just curious where you come off on this draft. I'm not I'm not saying you studied them. I mean you watched games like I did throughout the year. Just kind of if you were interested in these guys, who would draw your attention?
2: We're driven by the search for better.
1: All right, well, uh, what I would say is that uh, this is a pretty darn good draft if you want a quarterback. Um, I think uh, over the course of the many years that we've seen, you know, especially as Browns fans, um, we often found ourselves just outside of, uh, you know, impact players or uh, impact quarterbacks. This is a very good class, I think, you know, especially when you're talking about Wilson uh, fields um, obviously at the top of the draft you have uh, Lawrence, um, you know you have uh, Trey Lance. Uh, I'm not a big uh, fan of Mac Jones. I think that uh, he's very milk toast, but you know <laughs> that, that might be um, uh, a little. You know, I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> You're <fine>. you know, <laughs> But uh, I think that the bottom line is I think this is a pretty good draft to want a quarterback. And I think there's um, a lot of teams out there that are looking for those quarterbacks. Um, And for the Browns, like you said, um, I think there's a very good chance at least that five of these guys are off the board. And, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to look at a board like just top to bottom and scratch off five quarterbacks. Offensive line guys, you know, and then we're dealing with uh, a selection of what's left of those. And, uh, you know, that and uh, you have the, you know, the intrigue of what the 49ers did, which, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you can oversell this. Like these guys moved up for thirds, you know, they moved up for, the third best quarterback prospect. And I, don't and know, I still looks- I
0: still think Atlanta comes off pick four. Someone's going to come up for that pick, too. I really does. think so. Yeah. I really think so. So, it's like, I mean, we, we all watched, most of us here in Ohio. I shouldn't say we all. We have a lot of listeners that cover broad area. I we get some people out of country, too, which is so cool. Uh, we Ohio people, and I'm located in the, the great city of Columbus, like, we watched <laughs> Justin Fields. And I, I, I just think. I thought I could easily identify where Dwayne Haskins had issues. I thought when any time pressure chaos in the pocket arrived, he got so erratic and his, his throwing motion started to speed up and his arm would get out in front of his body and he he didn't generate the torque he needed to on throws often and it's shown up all over the NFL. And that was before we even know knew whatever about the off-field issues that Dwayne was having, the maturity issues, whatever. I never felt that way about Justin. and I don't know if it dates back to watching him on the QB1 stuff Uh, That they put out a great that great series on Netflix when he was in high school and kind of watching just how he handled himself. Uh, I I just really enjoyed everything about his experience that we got to see from his high school senior year, and it carried into how he you know handled a tough situation there in Georgia because it was it was blatantly obvious he's a more talented quarterback than the guy who's playing in front of him, but he didn't complain and I just he just took his lumps. The situation that happened there was unfortunate and goes to Ohio State and just produces instantly. And, 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 like, you know, I you can definitely see the difficulty of what Ryan Day runs. And I, that's why I'm going to be super interested to see how these young quarterbacks they have coming in, you know, Jack Miller and 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 C.J. Stroud, handle this stuff because it's a difficult system. There are a lot of option routes tied in, and their wide receiver talent means that, that how – Ryan Day wants to play is give those wide receivers flexibility to read the field. I mean, I don't think people understand the wide receiver. T- I mean, we know the wide receiver talent that was at Alabama the last few years, but if you include Olave and Garrett Wilson and then tie in Emeka Gubake, they just brought in, they just they have Julian Fleming, the top wide receiver in the class before, and Jaden Ballard's in this group, and Jackson, you know, and, and Jigba Smith Smith and Jigba's still out like they're loaded at wide receiver from like one through eight. So how, how, how they, the next quarterbacks handle the difficulty in the system that did require the quarterback to process quite a bit is why I think Justin's going to come in and be a pretty good quarterback. Even if you want to put him in a wide zone system that, that, that has a lot of play action tied to it, I think he's going to be really good. I just do. And, you know, I think Trevor's got a, a great skill set. I have no issue with taking Trevor first. The way he can run, he avoids injury he's, he's, he's definitely a leadership type. I have no issue with him being the first pick, but Justin to me is a clear cut second quarterback in the class. And I listen. I talked to Steve uh, Brown's daily mock about, you know, (laughs) this BYU kid all year before anybody was really talking about him. I'll give Steve credit. He brought him to my attention well before, uh, well before anybody else. So I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's got a live arm. I think he makes some really difficult throws. I have questions about the competition he faced and his durability. He has been beat up, uh, so is, is he at the third quarterback? Probably. I don't. I don't really know enough about Trey Lance, big guy, but I think it's pretty clear that when you come from the level of competition at the minimal amount of starts he did, that threshold for starts, it's like he probably needs the most patience. And then Mac Jones is fine. I mean, he makes some throws. He, he makes some throws. He's he sat behind. His start threshold doesn't bother me as much because he sat behind some pretty good quarterbacks at the college level who have gone on to, to enter the NFL, and their careers are still up in the air. But it's like I don't I don't blame Mac for not, not necessarily playing because I think that there was always a more exciting quarterback prospect in front of him. But can he get the job done? Can he, be like, can he be like Alex Smith in a sense? Sure, I think he can. I think he can do some of those things. He's definitely never a quarterback that I would feel comfortable being the reason we win. But can you win with him? Sure, I think it seems like you can win with him. I'd have to study him more, but he's definitely the fifth quarterback for me in the class. So the rumblings of San Francisco coming up to take him are a bit alarming to me. But who knows? This is all a smoke show right now. They're just teams are just putting things out there, and I I think San Francisco should be, and I hopefully hopefully they are uh, the most infatuated with Justin Fields because I think that him and Shanahan would be a dangerous pairing quarterback quarterback's ability to do so many fun things and a coach who can who can really dial it up too so um you know I listen I think I think Trey Lance is going to be fine I think he's going to be he has a chance to be a good NFL quarterback like I said uh, there's definitely a starting threshold that I prefer quarterbacks to hit a certain number of starts because that experience is certainly important and the level of competition stuff is dangerous too so it's not a knock on Trey Lance it's more it's more like I think they're just better guys in this class than him uh, from a, from a risk management perception. So um, I I hope that, I hope that what's going on, you know, a lot of the stuff on social media about trying to break down Justin Fields and different things, the narratives that are coming out and the, uh, you know, pumping up Zach Wilson, what I just hope, I think it's all a big smoke and mirror show that happens uh, in the draft process. And I think ultimately we'll look back on it and see that Fields gets drafted pretty high and we'll, uh we'll just kind of scoff at the notion that some teams are out there trying to put out stuff to help him fall but that's kind of like what it ha- i think I think the funny thing is this stuff has happened all the time this it's it's just sort of this backhanded stuff that maybe maybe some people don't notice it's uh, trope based stuff or racist it can even be viewed as racist based stuff about the quarterback doesn't have it between the ears and blah 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 well it's like those things have been said for so long uh, as a way to get quarterbacks to fall to move down what's their work ethic look like are they the first one in and out of the building that I think some people fault to those when they try to put out stuff to agents about trying to get guys to fall and they don't even they don't think about the ramifications of it in this this society anymore and I think that, that stuff is going to continue to catch up so how do you get how do you get quarterbacks to fall you know like if you yeah, can't put out sneaky backhanded like I heard this somebody told me that an NFL exec told me this an NFL coach heard that how do you get them to fall so it's like you know, if you're if you're Carolina with the eighth pick, it's like, well, let's just kind of send out some stuff on Justin Fields. Maybe he falls. I, I don't, I don't know. I think he's really good. I think it's a really good class, like you said. And I think he's really good, man. So, um, who's your who's your who's your top three guys in this class for you? Rank them. Well,
1: you know, I don't think it's uh, very much different than anybody else's. You know, uh, just Fields, Trevor Lawrence, um, Zach Wilson. I think um, those are your top three guys. Uh, I think that. Uh, they are quality quarterbacks to be, uh, talking about, um, you know, at the same time, you know, what I would say, you know, in terms of, uh, San Francisco, right.
0: Mm-hmm. What's
1: really difficult is, um, and this is what we said, uh, uh you know, on our podcast, uh, nothing but the dogs, but you know, like how do you live up to three first round picks? It's tough. You know, like I'm not you know, I'm not saying like the player, but like for the organization to give up three first round picks and not know exactly which guy you're going to get. That's where like, oh, my God, that that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And I don't mean on the player. I mean, on the organization. I mean, on the organization. That's tough. That's tough. Three first round picks on who they're going to take. To lead their organization for the next couple of years. So, you know, like I like these three guys. I think I'm a little bit lower on uh, Lawrence uh, the most. I think I'm a little bit lower on Wilson the most. Um, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that there's the generational guy, uh, but we're going to find out you know, and, uh, and I certainly like would never put myself like as the guy, you know? So, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, Oh, I know better than these guys, but uh, you know, like when you put three first round picks into the third quarterback of this class,
0: it's crazy. It's crazy when you put it like
1: that.
0: It's nuts. Yeah. Well, a question came up here. Um, that the, wondering if the Browns will take a late quarterback. I, I know that there's the guidelines, the guardrails the Browns have had that have floated around Twitter, keep investing in quarterback. I think that they've invested enough for another year. Uh, even if Baker has this knee, a year from hell that we don't expect, uh, I think that they would hold off on drafting, and they would draft a guy next year if that were the case. Like Agreed. I just don't. I don't see them taking a guy this year, especially when roster spots are tight. They already have case for another year where they don't really gain much from letting him go. And it would just be for a spot that would never see the field. So it's like it, I'd rather them roll over a late sixth or seventh round pick in the next year, try to move that pick to maybe get a, a, a pick from some team you think will be a higher sixth or a late round fifth pick, something like that. So I would not uh, I would not be very excited if they burnt one of their picks on a quarterback this year. I just think they're fine. And and they definitely have Kyle Oleto as the practice squad guy, and that stuff can shuffle around all the time too. Another question. Um, since we don't have to move, sorry, since we since we don't have a ton of room on the roster for rookies, we do try to bundle some picks and move up. I'm listen. I, this is a good question. It came up the other day. We moved up in a mock draft to go up and get uh, JC Horn. He was hovering at pick 19, and I'm like, I think he's great. There are certain select few that I would do that for. Do they have strict guardrails in place where they're never going to move up and go up and get a guy? That's possible. Uh, I don't know that. A lot of that to me is. Do you think you're a position or two away from winning a Super Bowl? If they view that and think, hey, we need to go get a guy to play corner, this JC is that much better than everybody else available, I'd be more than fine with them moving up. Or if they graded Quiddy Pay that much better than everybody else available, fine, move up, go get them. If you're going to move up, it better be for a valuable position and it better be for a position you think is close to winning a Super Bowl. So, like, in my opinion, if they traded up, I would be truly surprised. I, it's more likely, in my opinion, that they would trade up from 59 and go get somebody in the second round and burn maybe one of those extra third round picks. Maybe there's somebody around pick 42, 40 to 48 that they're really interested in and want to go up and get them. I'd be pretty surprised if they moved in the first round just because of all of the cost it takes to move around the first round. So um, listen, they could. I just would be pretty surprised. And I, again, I, I I don't know this we don't have a ton of room on the roster for rookies. I could sit down and find 10 guys on the roster right now that are very cuttable. I just could. I just think that you can do better all the time. So, like, I'm not I'm not afraid of them drafting nine players. A lot of people are talking about they, can, they don't have nine rosters. So okay, well, I, I can tell you nine players that I think they can definitely improve upon to the point that that's a cuttable player. That's just me, though. That's just things I've been talking about. Eventually, I'll write on that, but that's just me. So I'm not really worried about them using nine picks, but I do think it's plausible that they trade up. It's also more plausible, in my opinion, that they trade down and take picks into next year. That's just because of all the one-year deals, uh, rolling some picks into next year would not surprise me. Uh, Feels to be a real good uh, good depending on where he lands, strong head coach organization. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Justin is a prima donna. I was just talking about that. I don't, I didn't get a prima donna buy from him. I didn't. I thought, I thought he handled himself. Well, you got to understand these kids when they, I mean, a kid that's going to Georgia, it's fun to find kids that are super grounded and like beyond humble, but like, imagine you're the best athlete in your entire region by like infinite amount. Like Justin was so good at everything. Of course, there's going to be a little bit of, I'm better than you. Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think Justin's good. I just think that some the way he handles himself isn't necessarily the way that some people love. And that's okay. You know, you don't have to always love the way kids handle themselves, especially at 18. But I was always impressed with how he picked himself up from bad situations. And I was impressed with how he bounced back after two really tough games this past season to put together that Clemson game. And I still thought he played fine against Alabama. So I listen. I'll burn. I'll I'll fall with the bridge if I have to. But I I just think he's good. I think he's good. Um, it, but I listen. I just know I, I knew kids around my area that weren't even half the talent of Justin, but they were the best talent in the area. And it's like it's hard not to have an ego. You know, you get, every player in the league has an ego. But, but you're right. There there can't be the ego has to have a it has to have a it's got to be a line drawn there at some point, right? You can't you can't rub too many people the wrong way, but. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I like him. I hope it works out, John. We're we're at our threshold. We hit thirty minutes, bro. This has been fun. This is not the last time. I hope you can join me every Sunday night, and we'll make this a thing, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I would definitely love to. Um, and I think that we've got a lot to talk about between now and the season, and through the season. This is going to be a fun year, man. This is going to be a fun year. I mean, Cleveland Browns fans have to understand. I'm not sure I've ever walked into a season with a roster like this, and we don't even have the draft to talk about yeah. you know we have to yeah. appreciate this is a legitimate Super Bowl contending roster
0: yes, yeah, it's dope. there man, and they're just adding kind of talent there's adding it talent to the the opportunity that I think is right in front of them. So look, there's a couple of you I'll uh, make the dog there, Marlena. and I think that that was a. Uh, I'm sorry, man. You told me your name in the first comment. Don't get mad at me, Matt Neary. You were great tonight too, Matt. A ton of comments. Listen, I'm gonna try to maybe put this out. Maybe more people will want to join, um, and 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 have these fun conversations. Good chance to just talk rounds in the comments and have us answer a few questions too. So um, appreciate you guys coming on. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh, this, like I said, for those of you just listening to the podcast version, this will always be up there. Make sure you're subscribing and giving a review to that podcast channel if you can. And if you're on the YouTube channel, make sure you click subscribe so every time we go live, you see a notification that we are live and you never miss anything. And your subscription to that channel would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And a very cheap $1 for your first month OBR subscription would be lovely as well. So uh, we appreciate your time and, and sitting around with us and, chatting Browns and we'll listen. I know I will be at least back tomorrow and we'll, we'll discuss even more quality Browns content. Appreciate you guys joining. Have a good night. Go Browns.